Hallelujah, hallelujah. First of all, I just want to praise my Lord. I can't tell you where I've come from without telling you where I started. Last August, I got to the point I couldn't stand on my, my two feet, my two legs. There was so much pain I couldn't stand up. And the doctors told me I had to have an epidural, and I said, no, I'm terrified of them from past experiences of them. I was terrified. But the pain got to be so bad in my legs that I couldn't stand it. And so I finally gave in and said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, I walked in there to get the epidural, and I never, I couldn't walk after that. I didn't walk out. And I didn't walk again until the end of July of this year. I was in Wake Med. They did emergency surgery on me this Saturday after getting the epidural. Several doctors looked at me, and they told me that that wasn't anything they could, they could do to me, to help me. I had a doctor to come in and did emergency surgery. And when that wasn't a success, they put me in the hospital for a month through all kinds of treatments, treatments that were even psychiatrists. They were checking my mind. They thought my mind was messed up. And my mom and my husband said, there's nothing wrong with her mind. She's got a sound mind. Amen. And I prayed against it. I said, I know there's nothing wrong with this mind. They sent me home and told me that there was nothing else they could do. I had physical therapy at home for five months. I asked the therapist, I said, have you dealt with this before? And she said, yes. I said, what was the prognosis? See, little did Debbie know that I should have known what my Aunt Joe told me. Speak the word. Just speak the word, Debbie. Amen. But she told me, she said, six months, you're 50%. At a year, you're 100% of where you're going to be. When it got close to the year, I remember laying in the bed by myself in the living room, and I just, the devil tormented me. He said, see, it's almost a year, and you're, you're where you're going to be. I took my hand, and I did like this here over my body, and I said, I don't accept that. God, this is not where Debbie's going to be. This is not it for me. Amen. Amen. They wanted me to do another surgery, and I did it. The first one was okay. The second one was the worst thing of my life I've ever dealt with in my life. From that Wednesday of surgery until, I guess I finally started coming out on Saturday. I didn't know my husband. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I'd been. I'd been to two hospitals and did not even know it. They came in the home and they got a, they got a special wheelchair thing to take me down the front steps. I don't remember any of this. Not any of it. They just, I had to go back to the emergency room on Friday and they kept me all night. They sent me home on, on that Friday. I mean, they sent me home. And that Friday night, I called my mom and I texted her all through the night. I said, Mom, pray. I'm in so much pain. So much pain. The battle came on that Saturday night. The enemy tormented my mind. 
there was a spiritual warfare going on in my living room. One I've never, Angie, I don't even know about this. All night that night, I kept hearing Aunt Joe, her voice. I kept hearing her praying. I kept hearing the words of what Aunt Joe had said to the point on that Tuesday, I asked my husband, I said, James, did you have my ministry phone? Did you have it beside my bed where I could hear my Aunt Joe praying for me all night? He said, no, Debbie. There was no phone there, but I could hear you, Aunt Joe. I heard her, but the enemy fought me. He would have pain. It would go from my head to my back to my left foot. And I, my husband can vouch for this. I called on Jesus all night that night, all night. And I was demanding Satan to let my body go. He would let one part go. He'd go to another point, and I would demand him. I would say, in the name of Jesus, you've got to bow. You have to bow to the name of Jesus. Not my name, but the name of Jesus, you've got to bow. That next morning, before early morning, it was heard. And I know this, it was like a hurting joke. And she was on there. She was there. Prayer warriors, I need you to pray. My knees is in desperate need of prayer. And all of a sudden, I heard the most beautiful songs singing to me. It was just like the heavenly choirs opened up. And I could hear them singing all in that room. And then I just started singing the song, I surrender all. I surrender all to you, Lord. Every part of me, I surrender all. And when I did, it was just like a peace. A peace came out of me. And my mother came up the next morning. She said, Debbie, there's a difference in you today. I feel the difference. And I see the difference in you. That Sunday afternoon, my special ed. She drove to see me all the way to Clayton, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, to see me. And I knew she had been praying. Her and Uncle David had been praying hard for me, and I knew they had not felt the prayers. But she came back on that Monday, and she spoke with me, and she shared a lot of stuff with me that day that sunk hard. And she told me, she said, Debbie, I can see you running up and down those stairs. We have a second floor, and I haven't even been able to walk in a year. And she could see me running up and down these stairs. When she left that day, I got that vision of what my aunt had said. She spoke those words over me. Did I believe it was that next day, wasn't it, Joe? Mm -hmm. I texted her and I said, Joe, I'm walking. I'm walking. <laughs> I'm walking, Joe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Debbie was walking. You got the video. Remember, we got the video. She There's was, videos for me. I mean, they ain't even tried well, to. Well, you actually stood that day for the yes. first time, too. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. Amen. I stood. I mean, they put braces all the way up to here. Nothing would work. They were trying everything, and nothing would get this leg to work. 
I think it was that week I did yeah. the stairs, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That same week I told her, I said, hey, Jim, guess what I've done? I've gone up the stairs to the second floor. I've climbed a man show. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I just want to say what she says and what Brother Larry said. Speak the word and what they've sung. The song, speak the word. It doesn't matter what your need is. You speak the word. Speak the word. Because it stands on its own. Just speak it. Just speak the word of God. And, and I know, love it. And you know, and you know, Debbie, um, I got an email from Debbie a couple of days ago. And, and Satan never gives up. Satan never gives up. So even though she's healed, it's a miraculous healing, he still come back to try to convince her that she wasn't healed. He said, you're not healed. If you were healed, you could walk without the walker. He's doing everything he can. She, she is a miracle. She's a walking miracle. With or without the walker, she is a walking, she's a walking miracle. But the enemy, I want you guys to know that the enemy never gives up. And you can receive uh, your healing, and he's going to come back and try to convince you that it did not happen. That it did not happen. But we know, Debbie, that it did happen. We know that by the stripes of Jesus, you are totally healed. You have received a miraculous healing, and you're here today to just glorify God and give him all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Debbie. We love you, I just sugar. love the Lord. Thanks, sugar. <laughs> You know, most of us are familiar with the stories in 2 Kings. As a matter of fact, I just want to talk a little bit this afternoon about the power of faith. We want to talk just a little bit this afternoon about the power of faith. A shadow, a handkerchief, and a handful of meal. Some translation says flour, and some translation says meal. Most of us are familiar with the stories in 2 Kings 4.38. Uh, chapter 4, verse 38 and 41. It's about how Elijah had instructed his servant to put a large pot on the fire and make some stew for all the other prophets. However, we also know that when the servant went out to gather the herbs, he came back with a, a whole pot full of wild gourds. And he shredded, he shredded them and put them into a pot without realizing that they were poisonous. So when the stew was served, the men eating it cried out, Man of God! There is poison in this stew, so they wouldn't eat it. And Elijah said, I'm not afraid of that pot. He said, don't pour it out. We'll just kill the poison in that pot. Or you could say, as we have just heard, I'm not afraid of that doctor's report. I will just speak God's word over it by faith. I will command it to be gone, and in the name of Jesus, it will be gone. You can say, I have an edge on this report, for I have the power of Jesus living on the inside of me. Praise his holy name. Saints, all Elijah did was take a handful of meal or flour, depending on the translation, and cast it into the pot. In verse 41 says, that Elijah said, bring me some flour or meal. And then he threw it into the pot and said, now it's all right. He said, now you can go ahead and eat it. And then it says they did eat it. And of course, it didn't harm them. Now on a shadow, in Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, it says the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. All the believers were meeting regular at the temple. But no one, it said in verse 13, but no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. In verse 14, it says, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. 
It said crowds of them, just crowds of them came, both men and women. And as a result of the apostles' work, according to verse 15, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by and be healed. Handkerchiefs and aprons. And in Acts 19, verses 11 through 12, in the Berean Bible says that God did extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and diseases and evil spirits left them. In other words, they were all healed. <clears throat> you might say, well, Pastor Joe, will meal or flour kill poison? Yes, it will, as an act of faith. It was merely an act of faith on Paul's and Elijah's part. Elijah just believed. He had faith that if he sprinkled a little meal in the pot, all the poison would die. It's the same thing as Abraham. He had faith. He believed. He had faith even though he was almost 100 years old and God told him he was going to be the father of many nations. He believed. He had faith. It was act of faith that made him the father of many nations. It wasn't his body. It was the act of faith. The Bible says we all need, all we need, he says, is the mustard seed. As a matter of fact, I have a message out there called the mustard seed of faith. As an act of faith, your shadow will not heal the sick. You, I mean, your shadow will heal the sick. A handkerchief will drive out a demon. Think about that. A cloth that's been anointed. I have anointed many cloths and I've prayed over them before and I've mailed them out. And I have received awesome reports back on how people were healed and delivered. This is a praise report that I received back from one of my partners in Augusta, Georgia. Her friend needed help with his daughter. And my partner, uh, partner emailed me. I won't give out her name because eventually she'll probably hear this somewhere. <laughs> but she emailed me and she said a close friend of hers called and asked her to pray for his 21-year-old daughter who was living at home and who had become extremely confrontational, especially with his wife, which was her mom. He said his daughter would leave screaming that she hated them, that she would not, that she would often disappear for several days at a time. And, and she said, and he said that they were really at their breaking point. She said, I prayed and I told him that I would also ask Pastor Joe if she would pray. So Pastor Joe agreed to pray. But she also, and talking about me, so I also agreed to ask for her friend's address so that I could send him an anointed cloth to put inside his daughter's pillow. My friend, the partner said, I honestly thought this was silly at the time. But my friend, without telling his wife, put the anointed cloth in his daughter's pillow when it arrived. His daughter came home that night, slept on the pillow with the anointed cloth, and the very next morning, he said his daughter woke up, was happy and calm, and said, I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. Can I help you with the dishes? She said this change was so astounding. She said, my friend's wife said, what miraculous thing has happened to our daughter? The miraculous thing that happened to her daughter, the same thing that can happen to any of you in here, is the anointing. You know, I might add that I prayed both in the spirit before I sent the, I anointed the cloths 
Uh, I prayed both in the spirit and in English over the clause, taking authority over that spirit that was on his daughter. That's what you have to do. You no, you don't just anoint a cloth and send it out. The, well, you pray over the anointed cloth. I prayed in English and in the spirit concerning the situation that the, his daughter was experiencing and taking authority over that spirit. That was a spirit that was on his daughter. Some of you in here may have family members or friends that have spirits on them, but you can come against those spirits. You can take authority over those spirits. You can, you can command them to leave. Her friend, her friend that had the daughter never told his daughter about the, uh, about the anointed prayer claw. She says, but I asked Pastor Joe to send me a couple of anointed claws for my troubled family members, and the same results was the same. Miraculous. So see, there's so many ways. So many ways, brothers and sisters, that we can receive our healing. There's so many ways that we can receive miracles from God. We just have to be opened. We have to be receptive. And we have to have faith that he can do it. We have to have the Abraham faith. We have to have the Elijah kind of faith. We have to have the Paul's kind of faith. The Peter's kind of faith. We, just as we got, why can't we have the same Peter, especially the same faith, that Peter and Paul had because the self-same spirit that lives in them, was living in them, lives in us. There's no difference. When Peter spoke, you know, when uh, Peter spoke to the lame man, you know, and he said, you know, that he'd been sitting there crippled in his wheelchair, he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I, what I do have I give you. Get up in the name of Jesus and walk. It wasn't had anything to do with Paul. He, he told him, he said, it wasn't me. It was faith in the name of Jesus. It was faith in the name of Jesus and the word of God that got Debbie out of her wheelchair. It was faith in the word of God that took care of Ellen and also healed, um, I'm sorry, Mary, I'm sorry, Mary Williams, right? Oh, here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a lot going on here. But it's the same, it's the same kind of faith. There is no power. I want you to know there's no power, there was no power in that piece of cloth. The power is in your faith. And it's in the anointing. A shadow, a handkerchief, a handful of meal. Saints, there's no power in a handkerchief. There's no power in a shadow. But as an act of faith, God can use it. God can use it to kill the devil. He can use it to destroy the power of the devil. He can use it to kill cancer. Are you hearing me? He can kill cataracts. Or he can deliver persons from demonic spirits or anything else. Are you hearing me? He said, according to Acts 28, verse 3, he said, as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, he said, a poisonous snake driven was driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. But we all, most of us know the story. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. And of course, the people couldn't believe that. They kept standing around waiting for him to suddenly drop dead or swell up. But nothing happened. And so since nothing happened, they just changed their mind, decided he must be a God. You know, it's awesome. You know, Mark, the Bible tells us in Mark 16, 18, he says, they shall take up serpents or any deadly thing, he said, and they would not hurt them. But in other words, you have to believe the word of God is true. And we have to act on it. My point is this, if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, according to Matthew 17, 20, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. It will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing. Remember, Elijah was not filled with the Holy Spirit. 
He didn't have the spirit of Jesus living in him. We do. As I just said, the Holy Spirit would just come upon him in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit would just come upon the people. But the Holy Spirit lives in us today, according to Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, as I said before, we have raised him from the dead. Power living on the inside of you. That means that you can raise the dead. As, as I was sharing with them at lunch today, I heard somebody say, I think it was um, Pastor Sherry Forbes last uh, Saturday when we were ministering over in Chesapeake and she was talking about raising from the dead. She said, if somebody dropped dead in here, would anybody get up and try to raise him? I said, I would. I would try. He may not get up, but I sure would not sit there. I would go over there and I would command the breath to come back into him in the name of Jesus and tell him to get up in Jesus' name. I don't have any power, but I don't have to have. It's the one living in me, and it's me having faith in the power that's living in me and faith in the Word of God that knows that when you speak the Word of God and you speak it in faith, it works. It works. It works every time. It, it never fails. As an act of faith this afternoon, I want you to continue building your faith to the point that if you don't, if you didn't get your healing, your breakthrough when I was speaking, that as soon or as one of these, or that as soon as, um, as soon as I or one of these other ministers speaks to your pain or your diseases, that you're going to be healed and made whole or delivered. Saints, you have to believe God wants you healed. God wants you delivered from whatever you need deliverance from. And I believe the power of God is in here today, now, to heal all who need healing, to deliver you all from that. One thing we just have to keep in mind, that nothing is ever impossible with God. And he says nothing's impossible with him for him that believes. You know, Jesus used many ways to heal people. And I've heard people say it's not God's will for everyone to be healed, but we know that's a lie. Uh, that's not scriptural at all. I wanted to get into a couple of testimonies real quick. And uh, I'm talking my husband, David. I used to do face-to-face uh, -face conferences every other month. I do one in um, Norfolk and I uh, started out in Chesapeake and Hampton, and then it was Norfolk and Hampton. And uh, my husband, David, told me when that one night as I was teaching this word, probably, I think probably in Hampton, his eyes began to hurt so much from some surgery that he had that he thought he was going to have to leave the service early. When all of a sudden he said he thought to himself, I don't have to put up with this. You don't have to put up with it either. If you, whatever's going on in your life today, you don't have to put up with it. He said he just thought to himself, I don't have to put up with this. And the moment he thought this, he said he was healed. Even before he prayed. Didn't even have to pray. Didn't even have to pray. Actually, he believed in his heart that he didn't have to accept the pain, and he received his healing by the hearing of the word. Just by the hearing of the word. And I believe that's what Ellen's testimony basically adds up to, and, and Debbie's is that they, they believe in the hearing of the word. And just repeating that word over, like I said this morning, like a laser, just putting it there over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Another time he was healed by hearing the word was when Pastor Larry was ministering. As a matter of fact, Pastor Larry was giving out words of knowledge for healing one night when one of the things that he called out was something that David was having an issue with, a, a lot of pain with. Of course, Pastor Larry didn't know anything about this. 
And but when he called out this uh, thing that he was having an issue with, David knew immediately that the word was for him. So he reached out for it and he took it. And that's what I want you to do today. When words of knowledge are being spoken, if it fits you, reach out, take it, and grab it. Saints, the word of God is anointed, and God's word is the same whether you feel it or not. You don't have to feel the anointing for it to work. You don't have to feel anything. Sometimes I've laid hands on people and prayed for them that's been healed almost immediately when I didn't feel anything. And I have prayed for people when I thought I had the anointing everywhere and didn't get any results. So it's not based on your feelings. As a matter of fact, you know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah that you cannot trust your heart. It's the most deceitful thing above all things. He says it'll lie to you. Also, your symptoms would lie to you. The devil will use those symptoms that he puts on you to lie to you. He's nothing but a liar, liar, liar. He lies to you with the symptoms. He lies to you about everything. God himself said you can't, like I said, you can't trust your feeling. That's in Jeremiah 17, 9, if you wanted. In Proverbs 4, he says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Just let them penetrate deep into your heart. I pray that as uh, Debbie was giving her testimony and as Ellen was giving her testimony and the other testimonies that we're going to have, I just pray that you'll just let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life. For God's word brings life to those that find them and healing to their whole body. It's through the word that you can rest assured that it is his will, uh, his will to heal you. We also have to remember when the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24 and in Matthew 8.17 that by his stripes ye were healed. That's past tense. Right. And anything past tense means it's already happened. It's already taken place. It is not going to happen. And you know, and keep in mind too, when you say God is going to heal me, he not. You know, when you say going, what you do when you say God is, go I believe, believe God is going to heal me, you actually are putting him in the future. And God, God, God is not in the future. God is now. God is a right now God. So you don't want to put him in the future. The Lord uh, set me straight on that many years ago. When I was confessing something one time, I said, thank you, Lord, that you're going to do so and so. And the Lord said, Joe, not going, do, done. You've done it. Everything that we need has already been done. All we have to do is believe it and then, and then receive it. Hallelujah. We don't want to be putting God in the future because when you do, you just leave God behind. It's um, like I said, he, he's a right now God. Not going to. He already has. You just have to open up your mouth and say, like Debbie said, I am healed. Not going to be. I don't hope to be. Or maybe God will sometime. I am believing by faith. That's what I want you to do today. I want you to believe by faith that you are healed. Hallelujah.